Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. College football season a week down in the books. What have we learned and what does this mean? from a betting perspective and everything else. Moving forward, Joe Fortenbaugh, he's going to tell you, at Joe Fortenbaugh, that's how you find him. At Amber W Sports, that's how you find me. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So we're going to have a little fun and go through some college football notes from week zero and beyond. Joe, are you ready? I'm, I'm set. I'm you're excited. Ready, you're ready to go. I'm, okay, I'm halfway in. paying attention. I'm in a no, fantasy you're not. draft. I've, Right. Matt Barry at ESPN set up and like we're cooking here. So I got to watch him and Gary and Randy Scott and all these goofballs use up way too much of the clock in the first round to make the obvious pick. Like we just had someone need a minute and a half to figure out Nick Chubb was the play. Like, okay, let's pick it up. That's the big pet peeve with these things. The first round shouldn't take more than three total minutes to get through tops because everyone knows what they're doing you should be able to fly right until the mid rounds then you settle in you have yourself a beer I have a fantasy football draft after the show tonight because unlike you, we actually start the draft after work, which I don't know what you're doing with a bunch of ESPNers that set you up so that you're. I was not consulted. While you're working. I was just told. Barry just said it, and that was that. <laughs> and that was it. But my fantasy draft is a keeper league. And I had to debate between keeping Chubb or keeping Patrick Mahomes. And I kept Patrick Mahomes again. And James is going to be way too happy. That's about a great that. decision. Yeah, I don't I think mean, it was ever. actually. I don't feel good about the decision looking back on it. I feel like I made it on a whim and it might not have been the right decision. But I would put auto draft on if I could. I'm not nearly as into fantasy as. As I used to be, but I don't want to be that person because auto draft also waits like the full two minutes or whatever it is for the pick. No, I can't be no, that person just, in the first round. No, I have to it be doesn't. There. You can set it so it just makes the instantaneous pick. Yeah, I have to queue everything. But if I'm going to sit there and queue no, everything after the show, then I might as what, well just. What do you have to queue? Don't you have to queue it for it to make the instantaneous pick? No, it'll just take I'm the doing. top selection that's available and it'll work hand in hand with what you still need. So it's not like it's going to take 12 straight running backs. Like you put auto draft on, it'll just draft the best available yeah, players. It, it'll it, fill out your roster and I give you a team. I think it's still, at least on the platform I'm using, it still makes you take the clock. I'm going to so follow up on that takes... because I, I have to follow up on that. You work for ESPN, yet you mention again, on the platform you're again, using, let's move you're on not using quickly. ESPN not for your fantasy draft? I am not the commissioner of this league. I have been in this league oh, since oh, long oh. before I worked at ESPN. And by the way, there are several other ESPNers in this league. But there are people yeah. from various other outlets in this league as well, some of which work for the outlet that we... Anyways... That is problematic. Nobody's listening. Thank you, James. Let's move on. Back to college football where I won't get in trouble. All right. Joe Formbaugh, is Sam Hartman a legit Heisman contender? He threw for four touchdowns in his Notre Dame debut. The 13-ranked Fighting Irish routed Navy 42-3 to in Dublin on Saturday. I mean... He completed 82% of his passes, which if you're Navy, you're going to fly home and you're going to burn that tape 
and you're never going to watch it. That is absolutely insane that the opposing quarterback completed 82% of his passes against you in the rain on international soil with all the travel. Hartman throws four TDs, 251 yards. He looks very good in the process. He plays at Notre Dame, so he's going to get a lot of attention from a media and fan perspective. You're going to see him in big games all year long. But the thing with the Heisman Trophy is you have to win a lot of games. The last five winners, two are from Alabama, two are from Oklahoma, one is from LSU. And I think Notre Dame's going to lose at home to USC. I think they're going to lose at home to Ohio State. I think they're going to lose on the road at Clemson. I think the Louisville game is troubling. And ultimately, Hartman will not win enough games. But he's going to put up some numbers, and that offense should be fun to watch with him at the controls. Yeah, I'm not going to fall for the rope-a-dope of a fighting Irish quarterback once again being the Heisman contender. Also, because of this performance against Navy. I mean, it, I, and no disrespect to our armed forces because they are the best in the world. Just not necessarily when it comes to playing football against some of these powerhouses, right? So you're going to have to give me a lot more than that in performances against opponents that are the power five and the opponents that you just mentioned before I'm buying in on him being a legit Heisman contender. The competition is going to get much stiffer throughout the season for Sam Hartman. Let's talk about. I told you we had crunchy sound effects. Oh, that's nice. I like that. That's actually how you described them was crunchy, right? That's crunchy, right? And listen to it again. Yeah. Crunchy. I like that. That okay. you know what you described it as crunchy before you played it, and then you played it, and it lived was, up to the description. I was well done. Crunchy like granola, hippie crunchy, and that was crunchy more like smash your face. And no, crunchy. but I said crunchy football sound. Oh, it's a, got it. You have to add the football. Why to Why would that. it be crunchy granola hippie I don't crunchy? Know what he, I don't know what James Steele's saying half the time in my ear. I just nod and go with it. Is USC's defense still <laughs> a huge problem, Joe Fortenbaugh? Oh my God, yes. What was that performance against San Jose State? So to be clear, USC, who has one of the scariest offenses in the country with a brilliant offensive-minded head coach in Lincoln Riley and the the reigning Heisman Trophy winner in Caleb Williams, they knew after last year, we have got to fix this defense. This defense is terrible, and it's not a talent issue. We have plenty of talent. They went out in the offseason and apparently did nothing because that unit looked like trash in that game against San Jose State. They give up damn near 400 yards. They give up 28 points. There was a third and 22 where a linebacker, for some reason, is spying the quarterback. They run some exotic blitz. He gets caught on the wrong side of the field, the spy that is, and the San Jose State quarterback runs for like 30 yards to pick up the first down. That's like basic day one stuff. The Spartans have nowhere near the talent level USC has, so it's a schematic issue, and they better clean that up quick if they want anything to do with playoff contention this season. I, I That was the big question for USC coming into week one. Everyone wanted to know what Alex Grinch's defense was going to look like, and it looked just as bad as it did last year. The unit that allowed 432 yards per game last season allowed 396 yards in this one. So things Stuck. not much better for USC defensively. Let's talk about LSU FSU. We've got that game this weekend. <laughs> right, I should have I should have known. You're right. J- James, that one all was gotta on do, me. All you got to do is like say uh, next and then and, you, next. and then you pause, you stop talking Okay, for a all right, second. let's try this again. And next. <laughs> See how that worked? LSU FSU this weekend. Who you got, Joe? <laughs> all right, so this game is Sunday. 
marquee game of the weekend. LSU was a three-point favorite. It went down to two and a half. They lost one of their top defensive linemen for this game due to a suspension for an infraction from a few years ago. It's a long, convoluted story that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, it makes plenty of sense. It's just one of those things like, yeah, NCAA, you can let the guy go. It was an autograph signing thing where he made some money. It's not the end of the world. I'm going to take LSU. I think a lot of people are high on Florida State this reason, this season, and rightfully so. They won 10 games last year for the first time in a while. Mike Norvell has crushed it with the transfer portal. A lot of talent coming back. People think they are going to overtake Clemson in the ACC. But I ask myself one simple question. This game last year was the opening game of the season as well. It was in New Orleans. Florida State won by one point. LSU was minus one in turnover differential. They held the ball for eight fewer minutes. They allowed Florida State to complete 65% on third down. It, all that, and they lost by one point. Which team makes the bigger jump from last year to this year? Florida State was already good. I think LSU in year two under Brian Kelly is going to be much better. I'm playing the LSU Tigers. That game's on a neutral site location in Orlando. Those Tiger fans can travel. Yeah, they can absolutely travel. I mean, both fan bases obviously can travel. The Tiger fans can travel, so it won't be a huge advantage to FSU that it's in-state. For the Tigers, you have an offense loaded with an experienced line there. You have that powerful backfield there for the Tigers. You have Jaden Daniels. You have all those receivers that are unbelievably dynamic. I, I, I think LSU has got this one. I also wonder if FSU is poised for a little bit of a letdown because I feel like everyone is so, so hot on them, even though I do agree that Norvell has that program headed the right direction. Ohio State, Michigan, who wins the Big Ten? God, we're both just vomiting all over ourselves with this. It's like it's our first show, and ironically enough, it's our last. It's our last. <laughs> um, I like Michigan. I, Ohio State is a small favorite, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I find that to be a little bit odd. Um, based on the fact that Michigan has another cookie-cutter schedule from the out-of-conference, uh, they are going to host Ohio State again this year. Michigan could be double-digit favorites in most of the games they're going to play this season. They return a lot of key starters. The one position of weakness would probably be wide receiver, and it's not a bad position. It's just not an elite position, and that's what will get them in the trouble if they get into the playoff again and run into a team like Georgia or Alabama or something like that, but it's fine for the Big Ten. Um, CJ Stroud is gone and the quarterback situation is very much up in the air in Columbus, very unproven in the quarterback battle that's taking place right now. So given that the game is in Ann Arbor and the fact that I'm a Penn state grad and Penn state always wins every game except Ohio state, and Michigan. And I think Wisconsin is going to be very intriguing with Luke Vickle now as the head coach, but not ready just yet to win. I'll go ahead and take Michigan over Ohio State this season. Uh, I'm absolutely with you, largely because of that departure there of C.J. Stroud and where this game is. Michigan has not been favored in this one. If they end up not favored here as we go towards this game, they haven't been favored over their bitter rival since 2018. So it has been many years for Michigan since they've gotten that respect from the odds makers. Coming up next, should Jerry Jones have given Dak a heads up before trading for Trey Lance? We will get into that. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I didn't cross my mind, period, about an impact here regarding Dak. To be honest with you, I'm not surprised by anything anymore. Uh, you've been in this league eight years, been on this team. It's hard to say that I was surprised, to be honest with you. Hey, tell Dak Prescott that, look, we like you, we love you, we think you're good at what you do, but we got somebody who might replace you one day. And if he does, we won't be paying him $50 million a year like we're going to probably have to pay you. I don't know if it's raining or pouring in Dallas, but apparently Dak Prescott wasn't informed of some decisions that have been made there. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs, for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. So maybe it wouldn't be weird if Dak Prescott wasn't informed of decisions about the team, generally speaking. But inside the quarterback's room, one could assume that maybe the Dallas Cowboys would run a thing or two by their franchise quarterback before they made decisions inside that room. That is apparently not the case because the Dallas Cowboys over the weekend, they traded for Trey Lance. That means Will Greer is out of a job. And the starting quarterback there in Dallas, whose team it is, Dak Prescott, says that he had no idea. He seemed to feel really genuinely bad for Will Greer, Joe, who balled out. So let's start with this because everyone's been having this debate as to, and and Greer had a phenomenal final preseason game, but the writing was on the wall going into that game regardless, but it's a good audition for another team who can try to sign him this week. Is, is it, is it the right thing to do to notify a guy like Prescott that you're making that move? We seem to have this debate like, Oh, Dallas didn't tell him. Well, is that common business practice? Because if it is, it's not a big deal, but if it's not, then I think there's more to the story there. So what I, do you think? I think it depends how valued you want your employee to feel. And that and that doesn't ju- that's not just exclusive to to this situation here, right? If you value an employee before there's major moves that affect them and their job position, they will be informed of it before it's public, right? Before everybody else finds out about it. And I think that's really what it's about. It's not 
Jerry Jones asking for Dak Prescott's insight. That I'm not suggesting because that is a bridge too far for me when it comes to these sorts of personnel moves. Now, maybe it's different if you're talking, hey, it's your franchise quarterback. You're bringing a receiver into the, you know, do you, are you interested in this weapon or this weapon? You know, we're considering a couple guys on a free agent market. That maybe is different. That's not what's happening here. It's not like Dak needs Trey Lance in the room, but I think for him to find out about it in the way that everybody else does, essentially, right? As opposed to in advance of the move being made. So they could go to Dak and say, hey, we're doing this, buddy, either way. But we want you to know first that we're doing this. And now we're going to go do it. And we're going to tell everybody else. That would probably offer a level of respect to your franchise quarterback and also make him feel more comfortable. Because this very clearly, this move isn't meant overall to make Dak Prescott feel more comfortable. So maybe that was the whole purpose is to make him a bit uncomfortable. Maybe they feel like that will be motivating. And so maybe not informing him will make him all that more uncomfortable, but I don't know if I love it. It's certainly possible that it's as insignificant as a move as you can make, and we're making a huge deal out of it. It, 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 It's a very big deal from the San Francisco side because it admits a catastrophic failure on behalf of the town evaluators and the developers inside that building. From the Dallas perspective, it's, hey, here's this kid who was a first-round pick like three years ago, uh, fallen on hard times, didn't produce well, got hurt quite a bit. We can grab him for a fourth rounder. It's worth it to see what he's like. Let's get him in the building. Let's see what he's like this season. It's relatively cheap. I think they owe him about 900 K this year, 5 million next year, all fully guaranteed. Cause it's a first round pick. And then on top of that, they can pick up the fifth year option if they want and they like him. but they might think to themselves, we don't even need to call Prescott cause it's really not a big deal. Now they should probably realize it is a big deal. And I think to your point, how much do you value the individual? Give him a heads up. If you do let him know it's coming so that he feels fine about it. And even if he doesn't feel fine, at least you did the right thing by giving him the phone call. I don't know. I, I was talking about this on Friday. I find it hard to believe Trey Lance can play quarterback in the NFL because when you give up three first round picks and a third to move up and get a guy, you're genuine, generally going to do whatever you can to get him on the field and to produce in some way, shape or form. So you don't look like complete fools, which is how the Niners look right now. And they were so willing to throw the talent on him and to move on after what was it like four career starts, maybe Mm-hmm. It just stinks that they figured it out. He can't play. We got Brock Purdy to play. We've got a lot of quarterbacks to play here. He can't. We're moving on. Whoever takes him, that's that. And they wash their hands. So this could be much ado about nothing. I agree with you, except for you have to know. I think you have to have more awareness if you're the Cowboys front office. If you're Jerry Jones, you've got to have more awareness of the name that you're dealing with in Trey Lance. Yep. So the reason that Trey Lance is the name is because of all those picks that they traded away, the multiple first rounders, the second rounder that they traded away in order to trade up the San Francisco 49ers to get Trey Lance. That instantly made Trey Lance a huge name in the NFL. And it's a career that we followed closely, even though we've hardly seen any of it. And so because of that, just that alone makes Trey Lance a far bigger name than his position at this point warrants, right? Or even his resume warrants. And so when he gets traded to any team, it was going to be big breaking news, even though he's going to be the third quarterback in the room with any of these teams that were bothering to trade for him. You know, he wasn't going to be the starter for these teams, but we were going to talk about it the day that it happened like he was. You know, it happened while you were on air on Friday. Y'all probably went wall to wall on the Trey Lance yeah. trade. <laughs> it was Trey a big deal. Like, what are I we mean, doing? It, was a, it was a big deal. And again, I think it's a really big deal from the Niner side. From the Cowboy side, it's the Cowboys. So anything they do is going to make news. 
Ultimately, I don't think he's going to make it in the NFL. And for Prescott, what's a little additional pressure? This is a huge season regardless of who's backing you up. You have got to get to the playoffs. You have got to win games in the playoffs. It's about time if it's ever going to happen. I think Prescott already has an immense amount of pressure. I don't think, frankly, this does anything to add more pressure to Dak's plate because he's already got the world on his shoulders. Coming up next, best and worst case scenarios for a couple of your favorite NFL teams. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply had a little fun the last couple weeks where we told you why your team won't win the Super Bowl. And we were doing the best teams in the NFL because it's not fun to tell you why the Houston Texans aren't going to win the Super Bowl. But it's very fun to tell you why the Kansas City Chiefs won't, right? Well, let's talk about some of the teams that coming off this past season were not the best teams in the NFL. And for that, let's do some best case, worst case. Best case. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Worst case. Terrible, terrible, terrible. It's a team effort, and I guess it took every player working together to lose this one. Best case, worst case. With Joe and Amber, the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears, Joe, they went 3-14 and 14 last season. They finished fourth in the NFC North. They were dead last in the NFL standings. But it is a very new-look Chicago Bears team as this team was ripped all the way down to the studs and continues to rebuild. Give me the best-case and the worst-case scenario for the Chicago Bears team. Why don't we both do best and then we'll both do worst? Okay. That way, we don't word salad all over each other and talk ourselves right out of the segment, which I can right. definitely see you and, and I doing because we're so and, good at that. And because you've got a fantasy draft going on right now yeah. during this show. I need, need to buy myself time. more time. Got it. Who did you pick at nine? Uh, that's a great question. The number nine overall pick was... You God, I should probably know this. first pick was in this draft? It was Devontae Adams. That's wow. not terrible. Okay. Devontae no, Adams. There were a lot a of running pick. backs that were going early, so I figure I'm going to take the best receiver on the board, and then I'll figure it out a little bit later. I, I'm not Strategy. happy at all with the team. All right, best case scenario for the Chicago <laughs> Bears is going to be, I would say, seven, seven wins. I don't have them doing much else. I'm not about to sit here and make the case that they're going to win the division. I think people forget that they have a lousy defense. 
Justin Fields is exciting. They've done a nice job with everything that took place in the offseason in terms of building up the wide receiving unit, building up the offensive line, putting Fields in a position to score. But this was a team that had so much work to do as of one year ago. They're moving in the right direction. I do not see them having taken enough of a step this year that suddenly they're winning 10 games and challenging for the division. So I'm at about seven wins. I think that's the peak for the Bears, but they're a season away from being a season away. I think the future is very bright. Yeah, I think the best case scenario, I mean, maybe the best case, like absolute best case would be, could I even do like a wild card berth into NFC's the postseason? Thin. It, it's thin. a very thin NFC. So that would be the argument for it. I think really best case is just improving a lot on last season, giving your fan base something to root for and cheer for and showing that absolutely Justin Fields is the guy moving forward, which I think they already showed us really with trading away that number one overall pick, but getting to continue to grow in that direction. And then also a lot of these other new pieces to this team, because this is another season with a new look Bears team with so many new pieces and new weapons for Justin Fields to utilize. I think just all of that being far more exciting to watch. Seven wins feels like a high mark, but you're right. I could see maybe, like, absolute best case, it would probably look something like that. Winning record seems out of reach. What's your worst case scenario for the Chicago? Worst case, Bears? we're talking maybe four wins. I, I know they won three last year. I could. They have an easy schedule, so they shouldn't have a really bad season. There are teams we can talk about in this segment where the the best case is eleven wins. The worst case is four. There are some real high variance teams out there. I think the New York Giants are one of those teams, but that's a story for a different day. I don't think the Bears have a whole lot of variance. I think they're somewhere in like the five win range up to seven wins. And that's where we'll see him this season. Because, again, I do not trust the defense at all this year. And on top of not trusting the defense, I think that they still have some problems on the offensive line. So that's where I am on the Bears, somewhere in that probably four and a half to seven range. I think the absolute worst case for the Chicago's Bears team is to suddenly take some sort of step back where we're not headed the right direction, right? Because it's hard for me to imagine they're going to be worse than last season. It's a three-win team coming off of last season. It feels like they were going to be better than that. However, like the even worst case, they will be at least a win better than that. Fine. However, they addressed so many needs this offseason. Like they entered this offseason needing wide receiver help, O-line that you mentioned, running back, tight end, D-tackle, edge, linebacker, cornerback. They had needs especially all over this defense. They did try to address some of those needs in the draft and in free agency, but it's seeing that addressing those needs isn't panning out. Justin Fields taking some sort of step back. That also would be worst case scenario for this Bears team. I don't see that happening. Don't get me wrong. I think Chicago ends up heading the right direction. But I think you just have to temper your expectations once again if you're a Chicago Bears fan. Because the worst case would probably be last in the division once again. That was last season. But the absolute worst case would be last in the division. And feeling like you're not making your way up that division which I think there was some excitement for that coming off of this past season. All right, let's no do doubt. the Broncos. Okay, do we have any funny sounders? Because I wanted to wait there for a second. I don't believe so. And James Steele seems like he okay. is in a conversation and not listening to us. Hello, James. Welcome to the yeah, show. Yeah, so usually whenever we do this, we, you, just, you just transition, and that's what we've been doing. And so that's what I was planning on doing, but now I have you guys like spooked that we have a transition, but... 
There's yeah. no transition. And uh, we're just yeah. really trying to nail things here on our last show I'm, ever I mean, of Joe and Amber. Someday we'll get this down. Probably. I have uh, I am radio. I, I have no radio confidence right now. Every time I speak, I'm stepping all over something. So here's what we're going to do. We're moving to the Denver Broncos. Correct. Best case scenario. Man, have I done an about face on these guys? So if you had talked to me about this three weeks ago, I'm saying best case scenario is probably 11 wins playoff spot. Sean Payton figures it out with Russell Wilson. Now my best case, I'll say somewhere in that eight to nine win range, and that's best case. I don't think I think Peyton is going to end up blowing a lot of this up and pointing at everybody else for the problems that this team's going to incur, and then he's going to say he needs his guys, and then they're going to go out and try to build something completely different. That's just the hunch of what I think is going to happen. Watching Russell Wilson in the preseason, he looks so thick and slow. He can't move. I don't know what happened to him, but he can't move. And if he can't move, he's not going to be elusive enough to buy time for the wide receivers who are down the field, which, by the way, it seems like every wide receiver in Denver's hurt again. So I, eight and a half wins is like the – that's the ceiling for me. Best case scenario for me for the Denver Broncos is that Russell Wilson-Sean Payton relationship working out and them being better than at least – the Las Vegas Raiders in this in this division, right? I mean, that's that's best. They're not going to be better than the Chiefs, and I have a hard time believing that they're going to be better than the Chargers. They're in a tough division, but if we see Russell Wilson in Sean Payton's system, look unlike the guy that Joe just described in the preseason, and look more like the guy that we saw in Seattle for an entire decade, that will have been the best case scenario because this Denver Broncos team doesn't need to go out and even win the division this season. It doesn't need to win a Super Bowl this season. It just needs to show you that those hundreds of millions of dollars that you committed to that guy were worth it at least to some extent so your entire future isn't blown to shreds because of it, because that contract is going to be impossible to move and is going to affect everything else in a salary cap sport if Russell Wilson looks like Russell Wilson of last year. Worst case scenario is he looks thick and slow and all those problems that Joe just mentioned don't iron themselves out at all during the regular season. And I don't think, by the way, best case scenario includes Russell Wilson being peak Russell Wilson. Like this isn't, you know, 2018 Russell Wilson or whatever. I'm talking, you know, a little bit a little bit worse than 2021 Russell Wilson, which was a dip in production in, in terms of Seattle because his OC leaves. They change OCs there in Seattle. Russell Wilson's numbers start tapering off his final year in Seattle. He could be even a little worse than that guy. He just can't look like the guy last year. And so if he looks a little bit closer to his worst in Seattle, then that will be a very good scenario for the Denver Broncos. And the worst is there case a reason scenario we're killing the, the music before I get to give the, the worst case scenario? It's just looping. Hold on. It's back. See? Oh, there you go. No, no, that's not, that's not what happened there. Way, Everyone Rachel. had just decided we were done. Everyone had just decided we were done because Amber did the classic word salad back-to-back best and worst case sandwich mm-hmm. together. Yeah, I did. And I got, I got filibustered right out of the I'm segment. I'm giving you time to do well your done. fantasy draft. I see you keep looking down. Now you're taking time away from yourself, so. This was the perfect time for me to talk, though. I'm the ninth pick, and it's all the picks that are on the rebound, like eight up to one and one back. I had all this time to discuss all the big things going on in the world of sports, and I was filibustered out. Now here I come on the picks again. I got to be focused. Well, I, I, I apologize. I didn't know what draft. Next time, inform me of your draft order, and I'll do better. By the way, Randy Scott is the worst. He's <laughs> out on what he keeps referring to in the chat as the cape, and he doesn't have great internet, 
and the entire chat is just Randy Scott has left the chat. Randy Scott has entered the chat. Randy Scott has left the chat. Randy Scott has entered the chat. Slowing it down. It's a minute and a half for every pick. And then it's the, I, I just, the service out here on the Cape isn't that great. What is he referring to? Is that Cape, the Cape. Cod? Yes, that's definitely it's Cape, Cape Cod. Cod. Is that like a hoity-toity place to go I'm, to? It sounds hoity-toity. I have never been, which I realize will shock everybody if it is hoity-toity. It can't be hoity-toity if you haven't been there. I, I don't know anything about the Northeast. The North, like Martha's Vineyard, Cape Cod, all that stuff. The all well, now that there you party in Missouri now. You party yeah. in Missouri now. Your game's changed. I'm a Missouri, changed. Arkansas kind of gal. Yeah. <laughs> Branson, Missouri. My game has changed. Are you giving me worst case for Denver or are we punting on it? It's, it's, you know what it is? It's probably four wins. Russ looks terrible and the whole team needs a complete rebuild, which is a shame because they have a half decent defense as is. Yeah. Last in that division uh, would be certainly a terrible case scenario for that Denver Broncos team. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber. It is your turn to weigh into the show. We will take your phone calls. Line them up. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We will play some caller roulette next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. What are we going, what are we going for here? It's raining, I guess. <laughs> I, this, is a, this, is, this is Rachel's thing. I don't know what's happening. Rachel, are you inspired by the fact that there's a hurricane headed towards me on the Gulf Coast? Of yeah, Florida? so we went we with there? all hurricane rain theme. And right. for some reason, when I hear rain, I think it's raining men. Maybe I played a little too much Just Dance as a kid. I don't know, but it's first on, first on the brain. Okay, okay. Well, I can get behind it. Uh, it's Green right. Men right now on the call-in line. We're about to take your phone calls. Triple eight, say, <laughs> e- say ESPN, 888-729-3776. You're welcome to call if you're a lady as well. Uh, I always get extra excited when women call because normally, it, Joe, it's normally raining men around here it's, in sports yes, radio. Yes, it generally is one-sided. It's, it's a bit one-sided on that call-in line. So this is our final Joe and Amber ever with Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber will live on until next week, and then we roll out a new lineup here at ESPN Radio. Joe Fortenbaugh is going to go and pair up with Chris Carlin because he has decided that Chris Carlin is far better to look at than me, uh, far mm. better to hang out with than me. Wherever this is going, <laughs> not true. Not so he's going to, true. He's going to 12 to 3 with Chris Carlin. Uh, what is it? Fortenbaugh versus Carlin. Carlin versus what is what Carlin versus Joe. Noon Ooh, to 3, Carlin, Monday Carlin through Friday. Joe. Does that Got mean it. you're just going to fight each other all the time? That's the implication. Yeah. That's the implication. <laughs> I like how they just punted on your last name, by the way, because they were like, yeah, we're not doing that. So we discussed that, and it's basically one of those, I step out in front of that train really quick, and I'm like, it's just not a palatable last name. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do something with last names, your last name makes a lot of sense. Carlin, Canty, there are a lot of individuals uh, in radio where their last names work. My last name, Fortinball, doesn't work for anything. So I got right out in front of that. I said, don't even bother with that. I appreciate the thoughts if you're thinking about it, but it's just going to be, it's going to make it too clunky. You have one of those last names that in old school broadcasting school, they would have told you to change it. Yeah. They would have said, get a stage name. And I would have said, I don't know what that is. Joe Fort. (laughs) That's what they would have told you to do. You know, something like that. Someone I knew in high school who tried to become a musician and actually ended up in a boy band in Germany, believe it or not. Very long story. But he had told me back then that you just go with the middle name. 
Like, make your middle name your last name. Oh. So, like, my middle name's Harrison, so if I was going by, like, Joe Harrison, that'd be the type of thing that could probably work on air. Yeah, like it's still long, but yeah, it's not right. as long. It's not as complicated. And it's not as hard to spell. That's the problem. Right. Uh, it's it's, it's simple. Name. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. So. That, that one wouldn't be that one wouldn't be terrible. This uh, was Amber a fast... Wilson this was, was a really... Easy. This was a really fast eight months. I was going back. I was getting sentimental. I've been very sentimental about a lot of things lately. I was getting sentimental about this show and the good times I've had here. Um, I love the time slot. I love the way uh, we've all worked together. And it's been a very even-keeled show in terms of temperament, in terms of sharing of ideas. There hasn't seemed like there's been any stress at all, which I love. That first show that we did was the Damar Hamlin show. Oh, right. And when you go back and think about that, like that was... It's a wild night to be on air mm-hmm. when that's a topic you get because you're dealing with something very heavy, very serious. There's a lot of uncertainty. You're not sure where you're going to go with the conversation. You're feeling awful about everything that's that's going on. And I remember we were watching, you know, Susie was on TV that night and I'm not doing it justice. Schefter was on TV that night, but the way they handled it. And it was solid, you know, getting through that with you. I think we did the best we could. It's, it's a tough show for your opening show when that's what you're talking about. But everything worked out well for him, which is the most important thing. And I look back on that and it was, you know, if you can handle a show like that, you're going to be able to handle just about anything. Yeah. And in this business, and I'm sure we all have those shows that, that you never forget uh, that you have to handle that are really, really heavy shows. Uh, Jose Fernandez. And when I was on local in Miami was absolutely one of those shows. We all have our, our moments in this business. It got a lot. It did get a lot more fun. It got a lot lighter after that. Uh, it got a lot uh, more fun, did. but we did. I thought we did a good job handling that, considering that was our debut uh, on this show. And it's been. It has been. It has been a good ride here for eight months. And now you go off to greener pastures with uh, Chris Carlin. So well, I go off go. to pastures. We'll 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 see how much greener they are. I have a feeling it's a show that's going to require a lot more meetings. I'm already in so many meetings. I. My life is 90% meetings. I am in meetings to set up meetings, to discuss other meetings. We are very good at meetings. And I have just, this week, Daily Wager's dark because the show's moving to Bristol next week and we're going to reboot some of it. So I was looking at this thinking to myself, you know what? It's a week of radio. It should be a week where I can get some doctor's appointments in and I can just kind of relax, get my mind right before football season. No, I have meetings every day of the lengthy variety. It is just... They went dark on Daily Wager just to have meetings. So they had more time for meetings. That was really what they were doing there. They meetings. just didn't tell you that. Just meetings. 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 So, so many meetings. It will be it will be Carlin versus Joe, twelve to three starting next week. It will be me and Ian Fitzsimmons. We will still Love be coming at you Ian. in this time slot. So that'll be a whole lot of fun. You'll get an extra hour for us. That whole new lineup will roll out next week. And Joe and I, am sure we will still end up seeing each other and working together in some capacity. It is still raining men, by the way, on the call-in line. No women, but let's take these calls anyways. Yeah, let's get to it. some caller roulette. 13 black on no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play caller roulette with Joe and Amber. Spin it. Jeremy, Jeremy is calling from Pennsylvania. Hey, Jeremy, what's up? Go ahead. What, what, what's up, guys? You guys, I'm going to miss you. Um, I'm calling to to let you guys know you had one of the funniest bits ever. Um, I, I drive by Duquesne University to see my wife, and when Amber called it Duquesne and Joe 
just like lost it. Like I lost it too. And it was one of the greatest radio segments I've ever heard in my life. Well, thank you Very uh, for nice the support. I mean, I don't know if that's the segment I want to remember. Duquesne. Do you remember Duquesne. that, James? That I, oh, I have yeah. never heard anyone mispronounce anything worse than that attempt at that university. <laughs> Sometimes Amber can't talk. And that's, I, that's it's, awesome. Hey, it is. There are definitely times I cannot talk. In fact, I just saw on Twitter, somebody had written that they used to listen to my show in Miami that they had one of my old producers, one of my old APs, and he had written that like he should have a file of like Amber Flubs. And I'm like, nay, nay, like let's bury those. Why are we even <laughs> talking about this on social media? Terrence, one last time. Let's do it, buddy. Joe, Amber, sorry to see you guys split up. However, Joe, I got a bone to pick with you. Giants will do a lot better than they did last year. They will not go nine, seven, and one. They will go at least eleven and five, eleven and six. But there we go. And uh, Amber, I'm glad you're staying. That way, we can still continue to talk. And congratulations, Joe. Peace. Thanks, Terrence. Thanks for eleven. Being hey, loyal you know what? The, that, that's one of those branches I'm going to be out on this season. Is the New York Giants? I I like them moving forward. I think they achieved way more last year than people realize, or less than people realize, and that it's not going to be as big a step forward. They got people too gassed up too quick. I'm I'm on the opposite end of that thing. I believe in the Giants more than Joe. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.